morning, church. Good morning. Let's put our hands together. Let's praise our God, our King. Let's sing as one voice. We are a sea of voices. We are an ocean of your praise. We're gathered under one name. We are a tide that's rising. And we cannot be contained. Gathered under one name. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing the glories of our Lord God Almighty. Oh, to sing the Savior's praise, a triumph of His grace. You are worthy. You are worthy. God. We have found our anthem at the cross where sin was slain, gathered under one name, where every chain is broken and every sorrow swept away. Gathered under one name, oh, for a thousand tongues to say the glories of our Lord God Almighty. Oh, to sing the Savior's praise, a triumph of His grace. You are worthy, you are worthy, God. You're so worthy. Let's join with heaven, with all heaven sing, and all earth below. One holy king, one highest throne. With all heaven sing, and all earth below. One holy king, one highest throne. Oh, for a thousand tongues to say. The glories of our Lord God Almighty. Oh, to sing the Savior's praise, a triumph of His grace. You are worthy. Yes, you're so worthy, God. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing the glories of our Lord God Almighty. Oh, to Sing the Savior's praise, a triumph of His grace. You are worthy, you are worthy, God. Oh, you're so worthy, God. Amen. Amen. Hey, praise God. It is good to all be together as a church. Amen? It's good to see your faces this morning. We want to encounter the presence of God today as a church. So we want to do that together as a body. We have so much to thank God for, so much that he's doing. Let's enjoy praising him today. We worship the God who was, we worship the God who is, we worship the God who evermore will be. What did he do? 
He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, he holds the victory. Yeah. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. Oh, we shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. Oh, we shout out your praise. Oh, we shout out your praise. We sing to the God who heals. We sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes a way. Come on. Because he hung up on that cross. Then he rose up from that grave. My God still rolled his stones away. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. Oh, we shout out of your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. Hey, let's sing about what we were, but who we are now. Come on. We were the beggars, but now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, but now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by his grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. Yeah. We were the beggars, and now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, and now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. Oh, we shout out your praise. Amen. Come on, give a shout to the Lord for his goodness, his greatness. to be here with you all under 110 all gathered all together man praise God for that you can go ahead and take your seats 
Well, we have a great service planned for us right now, but we also have several things planned for after service. So I want to go ahead right now and just encourage you to stick around after the service. We'll be providing lunch, and there will be some different activities that uh, you can participate in around the lawn here. So please stick around um, and just join in this time of fellowship with one another. If you are new here and you're interested in getting more involved or just finding out a little bit more about Fox Valley Church, if you've been coming for some time and you're interested in some next steps, I want to encourage you to, after the service, head back to Connect Central in the back of the tent um, and have a conversation with Julian. He'd love to talk to you about next steps or answer any questions that you may have. Here at Fox Valley Church, we have a value of meaningful relationships. And we just ended a series that was focused on the church and the family. And we realized that the marriage is the center of the family. And we also acknowledge that COVID has provided many challenges for marriages. And so we just want to pour into that and lean into that right now. And we have a marriage night coming up on September 24th from 7 to 9 p.m. Uh, and actually, if you text the word marriage to the number on the screen here, you'll get a link right away to sign up. Registration and signups are live today. Um, and this evening is just going to contain some great video, video footage as well as some uh, time for discussion with other couples and just connection with other couples as well. There will also be a raffle for five $100 gift cards to some date night restaurants in the area. And, right? And so we really encourage you to come and join us for that. In fact, if you sign up today, you'll get an additional entry in that raffle. So go ahead and do that. And we can't wait to see what God um, has in store for that night and can't wait for you guys to join us. Before we continue uh, with our service this morning, we want to do a little meet and greet, which is something that we haven't done in some time, uh, but we really want to encourage some conversations and connections with people around you. So take the next few minutes um, and ask someone around you what they are most looking forward to in this upcoming fall season.
there's nothing to fear now, for I am safe with you. I was 
lost, but he brought me in all his love for me. All his love for me. Through the sun sets free, oh, it's free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I
Praise God. You can go ahead and be seated. We are so glad that you joined us in worship this morning. We are going to have such a great and deep time as we continue to praise God. If you would like to give this morning, if the Lord's stirring you uh, to give an offering, you can do so electronically. There's a number that you can text, and uh, that will go uh, where you can uh, submit your offering that way, electronically. But I want to pray for offering, and I want to just continue right now. Just pray, lean into the Spirit, and pray that God would do what he, whatever he wants to do this morning. Would you pray with me? Um, Father, God, uh, you are so big. Um, you are so big, and you uh, oversee so many things that we can't even imagine, God. We just see what's right in front of us. Would you give us eyes that look heavenward, God, that look to you? Would you give us spiritual eyes to see what you're doing? And God, we just want to thank you this morning. Thank you that the sun came out. Thank you that you were so kind to us. We had so many volunteers help uh, come and serve to make this happen. God, thank you for your love and generosity to Fox Valley Church, that we get to worship you freely this morning and joyfully this morning. And God, as we give our offering back to you, we just pray that this would just be a token of gratitude that stems out of a cheerful place in our hearts of wanting to give back to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, what we would like to do now is just take a little bit of time uh, to share what God has been doing. So oftentimes at our outdoor services, we'll hear testimonies because they're so powerful because God is on the move. God is doing things. So we just want to pause here and take some time. And my prompting question is this, how have you seen God provide for you in 2021? One, right? For many of us, the past year and a half have been very challenging, but God knows how to deal with those challenges. And so many of us, we've just seen his provision. And so we have a mic down here and uh, just want to invite you as the Lord stirs, if you've seen God provide for you this year, uh, to come and share. And you don't just have to come one at a time. We can even form a little line here. Not a big deal. We just want to hear testimony of, of what God's doing. So if you have something to share, I want to invite you to come up. Hello guys, um, my name's Siobhan, uh, I'm, I got saved this year, um, on, yeah. on January 21st, and I just want to say that the Lord has worked tremendously, tremendously, I can't say that word, in my life, but, um, he's delivered me from so much, uh, last year I was in active drug addiction and I was homeless on the streets of Las Vegas and my life was just horrible, um, I never found God in my life. I grew up with an atheist family, and um, the moment I stepped into this Fox Valley Church, and I heard uh, Pastor Tom uh, preach, and it just touched my heart so heavenly. Um, I found Christ in everything I do today. I worship God. I'm always in my Bible, and I just want to say I love the Lord. And if you believe you can't do it with God, you can do all things who strengthen you. So my name is Robin, and about four and a half years ago, I moved from South Africa to study here. And just being here has been a testament to God's provision and the Lord, every time that I've questioned if I can make it, he's been like, Robin, I'm, I can, you can, like I'm gonna provide. And one of those great things is I graduated in May and I now have a full-time job. And it's been really challenging financially because I have, I'm on my own, so there's a lot. And um, I am not the best at trusting God. And for some reason he always, always provides and he's like, Robin, you're like, you're my child. 
And about a month ago, um, first my phone broke, and I was like, oh no, what am I gonna do? And my friend gave me a free phone. She was like, you can keep this, please keep it, like it's yours. And then a week later, my car broke, and God showed me his goodness because I actually broke down pulling into Brad's um, driveway. <laughs> I called him stressed and I was like, what am I doing? Um, and it was my transmission. And as you guys know, that is a very expensive fix. Um, and so I was praying and for some reason I had such a peace um, on my heart. And one of my friends asked, they were like, what are you going to do? How are you going to pay for this? And I was like, I have no idea, but like, I know God's going to provide um, and about two days later, someone provided, and $4,000 was paid to fix my car, and <laughs> yeah, so that's how good God is, and He always provides. Hi guys, I'm Abby, and um, over the past pandemic, my dad, who's really into working out, he's super athletic, he's always been that way. Um, he used to go to a small family-owned gym, and unfortunately, the pandemic shut it down because of funding. And that was a really big bummer because that was his thing. He always did that. Um, but over the past year, me and my dad started getting really big into weightlifting. And we, we do that every day. And um, when it first started, it was kind of like my dad, like, Abby, let's go, let's go, let's go work out. But um, now I'm really big into it. And I'm really big into um, every day. Dad, what time we want to work out? And I've realized that over the, I was like kind of thinking, I was like, that's, that was God's work. That was God's work to strengthen me and my dad's relationship. And now, not only do we have that bond that we work out together, but we, we can go through discussions together on our trip there and on our way home. And we, we talk about God and we talk about um, how God is strengthening our life through the gym. And it's, it's amazing. And I, I was like, wow, that's, that's God's work in my life. That's God's work. So <laughs> All right. Um, I'm Megan. Most of you call me Meg. But this last year, God really just um, put on my heart to just trust him with everything. Um, little backstory. Um, I actually have... Um, uh, general anxiety disorder and so I get really scared when something's going on with my body or if something's medically is not right well this last year I had to face that anxiety head-on face um, trial after trial after trial um, when I was pregnant I got preeclampsia really bad and I had to have like magnesium drip um, and then after that I thought I was better and then I woke up in the middle of the night and I could tell something was wrong so I went to the doctor the next day they sent me home saying you have anxiety and I said well I know that but something else is wrong and then the next day I went to a different doctor and the doctor looked at me and she said I don't know what's wrong with you but if anything else happens please go to ER right away so then I went home and thought okay maybe I'm just nervous or something and then God just really put on my heart in the middle of the night at 2 a.m. to drive myself to Sherman and I had such a severe infection they couldn't even see my ovaries or my appendix it was all black um, and I was all alone and it was COVID and my husband couldn't be with me and I had a four-month-old baby at home and through all that that would have been hard for a regular person honestly um, and then it's like God just put on my heart you're stronger than this you are so much stronger than this. And, you know, I used to get anxiety even when I had a cold. 
growing up or a sinus infection and here I am a doctor comes in and says we're going to wheel you back for surgery and then the next doctor comes in and says oh just kidding we can't see your appendix so we're not going to do that yet meanwhile I'm staying there crying praying trying to figure out what to do and then they come back and say now you have sepsis so I just felt like everything kept getting worse and worse um, this was March and um, I just feel really really happy to be healthy and I love teaching a lot of you are my students I love teaching music and um, I had the energy to dance with my class and I didn't think I was gonna dance for a long time and sing so I'm thankful hello uh, I'm Kyle Mulvey this is my wife Lisa um, so just a quick story of how God's worked with in our lives uh, this past summer. So we've been renting for a while, and uh, our landlords told us, um, we're selling the house. You guys got to be out in 60 days. And um, so Lisa, being, what, five, six months pregnant at the time, we were a little, not panicky, but we were a little worried. <laughs> <laughs> I was panicking. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we were like, okay, like, I mean, there's no need to sulk. Like, let's let's pray. Let's let's figure out what we have to do. We don't have a big window, um, and then with the whole COVID thing and the, the housing market, this it's it's insane. And we learned that firsthand. Like, we would literally look at a house, and, there, and before we even get through the pictures and say we want to look at it, it's 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 off the table. Someone already bought. It. So it was like that multiple times. So a guy from high school, we we asked if he can help us out, and he worked tirelessly to like help us find places with our window. Uh, Pastor Tom prayed for us, which I, I think did wonders because, like, you know, we looked at like maybe 12 places in a matter of a couple weeks, and we only made an offer on one. We didn't even win that offer, but the person that was going to buy it got cold feet and backed out, which gave us another opportunity, and we got it. And it was in a very central location to where my mom is, who works a lot with uh, our son, who helps with the babysitting and stuff for my job, her job. It was. It's right off Randall, 10 minutes from Fox Valley. Like, the location was great, um, and there's no explanation that, that God helped us because it was 11 days to spare before our 60-day window, so wow. praise God. <laughs> hey, y'all. And in case you didn't know, I'm a Refuge for Women graduate. <laughs> my name is Victoria Cashwell and God has moved in my life and he has moved in significant ways I truly believe that we have a God that he knows what we need when we need it and how long we need it for um, I had the passing of my mother a year ago and during that time refuge showed up and so did God they never left me they continue to walk with me but we all know that God, he's a salt of the earth, right? And so this whole next little section started with some salt. At my work, they gave a free giveaway for salt. Okay, I work at True Value. Woohoo! And um, I knew there were some southern girls at the house. And, well, we don't really know how to do snow, okay? <laughs> Nor shovel. So I figured they could do some. Well, because of that moment, it allowed me to come back into the house um, to not only be a volunteer, but to be so blessed with the ability to become a shift leader uh, with Refuge. 
So, yes, yes. And not only has he allowed me to be able to give back to all the ladies, they are so special to me. Um, he's done more things, just hang on, I got a whole bunch. <laughs> um, so, the 19th of August, I hit my one year mark being employed legitimately at a full-time job, benefits, everything for a full year. So I've hit that. It is amazing. Um, I came here with six months sober. On the 17th of September, I will have four years of sobriety. And that is only a testament to God and how good he is and what he does. And if you need to see him move, come to the house or come volunteer at the house. We have a fundraiser that's coming up that is going to help provide all these things for our ladies. They help with support and just anything that they need in their healing time. And I just ask that maybe you guys check it out. Just check out the fundraiser and just help support Refuge. And you'll be able to see so many more life-changing stories just like this. Like, if you can't see God moving here, then I, I can't, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, <laughs> he's everywhere, and my God is, he knows that I need a neon sign. I've always been that girl that's like, me? Okay. And that's what he's done for me. He's made sure that I've known that he's there. And I remember in the beginning, I was like, Lord, I'm ready for you to show off. And he did. He started showing off in the beginning of my life. And then he held me for about a year when I got through my mother's passing. And then now he's back and he's given me this wonderful family and these beautiful ladies that I get to be a part of. I could not be more thankful. So thank you. Thank you, Fox Valley Church, for everything you've done. And thank you, Father God. Thank you. Hi, y'all. Um, so I'm really nervous. Um, I, can y'all hear me? Yeah. All righty. So I was worshiping this morning, and um, I got like a word, a prayer from the Lord, and I just felt as if it needed to be spoken. And then I turned to Acts thirteen fifteen, I believe, and it said, if you have a word of exhortation, please speak. So I said, Lord, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm just, first of all, I want to say that the Lord has delivered me from um, sex trafficking, abuse, drug addiction, and um, so, so many things so many things the Lord has truly delivered my spirit my soul and I just want to give him praise um, I want to give him my highest hallelujah and my highest praise um, and just thank him but anyways okay um, Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, I just pray, God, for a fresh grain, a fresh wine, a fresh oil, and a refreshing fire to fall upon these people, God. I pray, God, that we get to 
to evangelize, testify, tell our stories, God, share the gospel, God, in the name of Jesus. God, I pray, God, that you use me and take all the glory, God, take it all, God, in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that you just fill our cups up today so we can fill other people's cups up, so we can so we can fill the needy's cups up, so we can fill the homeless people's cups up, so we can fill the women in sex trafficking cups up, and even the men, God. I just pray, God, that in the mighty name of Jesus, you just pour out upon us. I pray your spirit just flows upon us, God. I pray, God, that you speak through us, God. You had, you spoke through a donkey whenever Balaam disobeyed, God. So I just pray, God, that you speak through us, your loved ones, God. And I also pray, God, for just revival in our spirit, God. A fire falling down. A revival in the name of Jesus. God, and I thank you for the cross. I thank you for the blood. I thank you that you came off the throne, God, and got... God on the cross, God, in the name of Jesus. You died for all the prostitutes, the pimps, the drug addicts. You died for everybody, God. And I thank you for that, Lord God, because without you, I wouldn't have a chance at salvation. And I thank you so much for that, Lord God. I just pray, God, for that fresh grain, fresh wine, fresh oil, God, that you spoke to me this morning, God, that we get our cups full. And I'll say it again, that we get our cups full in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. And again, and I give you my highest hallelujah. I can't worship you anymore. I just, I, I just worship you with all of my heart and my soul because you are the best thing that's ever happened to me. You are my husband. You are the creator. You are it. And I thank you so much. You created everybody in here. You know the numbers on their head. You know everything. And I thank you so much that you love us. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. My name is Nancy, and I think the first thing I want to tell you is that you all are beautiful. You're each beautiful, that God made you uniquely gifted. Um, and I also want to say, and I'm going to share how God provided for me, but that he sees each one of us. He sees exactly where each one of us is, no matter how small, no matter how big. He knows your feelings. He knows your thoughts. So know that. I want you to, okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Did you hear me? Okay, okay, okay. So he sees us, and he sees you wherever you are this morning. And I just wanted to share how he has seen me recently. Um, I, have, I have a hearing deficit, and I wear hearing aids, and I have for a few years, not like by birth or anything. Um, but they're not working great. They like last only so long for those of you who might have them, I don't know. Um, so I need, it, it's kind of a frustrating situation sometimes, you know, um, not to hear and have to ask what, what, what. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I, my insurance um, was gonna pay for a partial of the hearing aids that I needed. And so I waited and waited and called the insurance, and some of you probably know how that insurance thing works, right? Well, um, I just found out recently that, that not only did the partial payment come through, but God's going to provide for every 
every penny, and it's like 6,400 bucks. <laughs> so it's like he provided, he provided. So I just want to say thank you for that, and um, and love you. <laughs> well, all right, we have time for just a few more. So thank you for sharing, everyone. This is so awesome. Good morning. I'm Stephanie. This is my son Everett. And about a year ago, year and a half ago, right as COVID was starting, our perfectly healthy son all of a sudden couldn't really walk or sit up or eat. Um, and so it took three long hospital stays to get him diagnosed. And finally, they told us he had a very rare autoimmune disease that attacks his muscles. And um, the doctor said to us, this is going to be a harder road than cancer. And so I thought, I hear you, but you don't know my God, and you don't know my son. Um, and uh, and um, when, I, when I was pregnant with Everett, the verses the Lord gave me for his life were from Isaiah 43. You know, when you walk through the waters, they will not overcome you. When you walk through, you know, um, the fire, you will not be burned. And he is such an overcomer, and we're just so thankful. Um, this summer, he was able to go to the Eagles soccer camp. And yeah. Um, so, um, and along with God's provision in that, our health insurance was about to end right as Everett was diagnosed. So that was really uh, stressful, but um, through a lot of transitions and changes, the Lord has provided for, for us for really expensive medicines and um, for him to be cared for. And it's still, it's been a long road with a lot of side effects. And we don't know what the future holds, but we just see God working so mightily in him. So, <laughs> so let's, let's pray for Everett and, and Stephanie and their family. If you're able to just maybe extend a hand, you could do that. Father God, we just want to thank you so much for the Hickox family. And uh, we just want to pray uh, for little, beautiful Everett right now. In Jesus' name, we want to praise you for what you've already done. Uh, you've already given their family a beautiful boy, and you've already uh, answered so much prayer. You've provided for them this testimony of being able to afford this medicine, this testimony of him being able to play soccer uh, at the camp this summer, God. And we just want to come before you, and we know, God, that if we just see things through our own eyes, God, it's so discouraging. But when we see things through your eyes, as Stephanie said, you don't know my God, and you don't know how my God can work through my son. And God, I pray for their family. We pray that they would have that standpoint. They would continue to have eyes focused on you, a God who can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. I pray that for them. And God, you tell us to do unto others as we would want done unto us. And so we pray for healing. We pray for healing forever at God in the name of Jesus. We pray uh, for healing that you would make all things right in his body as we we long to one day, God, be with you where everything is perfect. Everything is right, God. But we pray right now that you would do that forever. And we pray for faith and strength for their family. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. 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 Awesome. Um, good to see you guys. Good to see you guys. My name is Julian. Um, the connections guy, so you guys will see me a little bit. But I just wanted to share a quick story. Um, so me and Paula, my fiance, we were at another church last year, and um, it, we were looking for a new church. And so we had heard about Fox Valley, and Paula had come here because she worked for Refuge in the past and stuff. Um, and so I just want to extend a thank you uh, for people who have uh, been a part of the Fox Valley uh, church community. I felt like very accepted, and Paula felt very welcomed and stuff. Um, and then also just throwing in a small pitch for people who have 
just started attending or people have been coming for a couple months or something like that. This is a great church with great staff members, great biblical teaching, great worship. Um, but more specifically, just with me personally, it's kind of been a hard year uh, just with school and trying to figure things out. And me and Paula got engaged and it's been kind of difficult. Um, but we constantly remind ourselves that we have a church family here and we have people uh, who are wiser than us, who are leading us and being there for us and some other church friends and Tom and Brad and the rest of the staff members have been very kind to us and you guys have been very kind to us as well and me personally as well. So I just want to thank you guys. I know it's not like you know the biggest story, but uh, I just want to extend a thank you to you guys all and it's been very touching to me. Um, so I just appreciate it. And yeah, if you, are, if you are new, it's a great church. A little biased here, right? I'm a little biased, but it's a great <laughs> church. Continue to come here. Um, so I just want to thank you all who have uh, been a part of Fox Valley Church. We've been very blessed, and I know Paula would say the same thing. All right, Bonnie, wrap us up here. Hi, I'm Bonnie. I just want to say God is always with us every single day. Uh, we like to go to Wisconsin in July. Uh, there's Spooner Rodeo and... Uh, Hayward, Wisconsin, Lumberjack World Championships. So we're on our way to go to Spooner, uh, and we're in Wisconsin. We are driving the Traverse, pulling a trailer with a boat, big boat. And so all of a sudden, we're in Toma. We're entering the town of Toma, and I hear boom, da boom, da boom, da boom. Well, you only see that when there's going to be a stop sign. We're on the tollway going 65 miles an hour uh, in the far right lane, pulling the boat. There's two more lanes next to us. The cars are zooming by us, even though we're, it's 65. They're going 70, 75, 80. They're all going really fast. And I hear this boom, da boom, da boom. Art is driving. I look in the rear view mirror. All of a sudden, the tire falls off of our boat trailer. I see it fall off, and and it go and and it's a divided highway. So there's about a two-inch cement wall on the right and the left of the three lanes. The tire hits the wall. It comes in front of us. It comes in front of us, goes over to the other wall, and then it falls between the first and second lane, right in the middle of the line. It falls down. So all these cars going 75, 80, uh, you know, 70, they could get around it without having to stop suddenly. I mean, I, I couldn't believe it because, I mean, we would have had like 20 people killed. I mean, all these cars would have been wrecked and crashing into each other because they were going so fast. And, of course, we couldn't go anywhere because we didn't have a uh, thing on our, our trailer, uh, our tire, and so everybody with their so cell phones, I'm sure they're calling the cops because we were just <laughs> going into Toma. So the cops were there within five minutes and he had the light going saying, you know, stay over there. And uh, he says, well, you can't pull over. You don't have a tire on your trailer because it's supposed to hold your boat. He says, we have a real good repair shop in town and it, it takes care of trucks and cars and whatever. And so we said, okay, okay. So they were there within five, 10 minutes. They hauled on our trailer and our boat. And, they, and so the cop, he just said, well, follow them so you'll know where to get your boat once they fix it. 
And so we followed them, and, and they said, well, we'll order, okay, so after about an hour, they said, we'll, we'll order the parts, and you'll get your boat on Monday. And I thought, well, we're going to the, the uh, Spoon and Rodeo anyway for three days, so we don't really need our boat for until then. But Art called that Monday morning, and he said, did you get the parts? Have you fixed the boat? They said, yep, just come. So Art had to drive about 250 miles back to Toma from Hayward to pick it all up. Everything was fine. He drove it back. But, oh, it could have been, oh, it could have been so bad because people were going so fast. And, oh, what a, oh, had they hit that tire? Oh, I, I, I couldn't believe it's right in the middle of the line and they could get by. Oh, oh thank you. I hate talking in front of people, so I'll try to get this over with as fast as possible. Maybe not, because it's kind of a long one. Um, some of you know that I lost my dad last year from cancer. But it's a story about beauty from ashes. And how God does go before us, even when we don't see those details and we don't know how they're gonna come together. My parents, my dad was in the hospital, um, and he had signed the DNR. And they released him to go home, and he and my mom had this idea to take off to Florida for their last hurrah together. And I felt this sense inside of me saying, you're going to have to go get your parents. And a few days later, he ended up in the hospital there. They released him, and my sister and I hopped on a one-way flight to Florida to go get them, not knowing how we were going to come back home. We thought we were going to have to take a car ride because to get him on a commercial flight wasn't going to happen because he was just too, he was in too much pain. And let you know, God provided a private jet for us to get home. And hospice met us at our house at 1 o'clock, or my parents' house at 1 o'clock. And we had 25 days with my dad. And it was a time of pouring into each other and seeing just God's mercy and his love. I got to have conversations with my dad. Tell him that we did get to say goodbye and I love you. And I got to see my siblings. We got to see each of our gifts pour out on the love on to my mom and my dad. And we did witness. We were there when my dad took his last breath. Um, but God is still good, and he's brought my siblings and I closer and closer together through all the heartache of what's happened. And he's helping us all through the grieving process, too. So he is a good God, even in the hard times. Wow, praise God.
God is so good. Thank you, Amber. Thanks, everyone who just came up here and just testified to the goodness of God. We probably could, every single person here, right, could share how God's provided for them uh, in so many ways um, he's provided for us. So I just want to now just give a thanksgiving prayer to God and also press into what was shared just a little bit earlier um, that maybe that's a word for one of us here. Uh, so, Father, um, we just want to thank you. We want to thank you uh, for all these testimonies and the hundreds and thousands of other testimonies that weren't even spoken aloud, God, but we can testify them in our hearts that we know, we know that we know that who you are, God, and what you've done for us and how you move and work and you fight for us. And you're always constantly working for our good, even when we don't see it. Thank you for being such a loving father. And God, as we just heard a, a word earlier about a new oil and, and new wineskins and uh, fresh fire, God, uh, we just want to be able to receive that. And God, what an encouragement uh, for us to hear that, that, God, we need to be filled up so we can be salt and light to the world, God. And so would you give us a fresh fire this morning? God, would your spirit come in power and in fire that we would be filled and we would leave here this morning, God, telling and showing the story of Jesus to everyone we come across, God, filled with joy because we have the hope of the world as daughters and sons of Jesus Christ. We just ask that, God, in Jesus' name, and we just pray now that we would have ears to hear your word preached as Pastor Tom comes up. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What an awesome awesome morning. You know what? Take a moment, stand up, stretch a little bit, and then we're going to get into the Word of God. It's always good to stretch and turn. Okay, let's go ahead, grab a seat. All of us probably love to be invited to different events. Sometimes we get invited to parties. We get to uh, visit with people at these parties, whether it's a retirement party, a birthday party. We love going to these different things that people invite us. Sometimes we get invited to events, and we love those as well. You get invited. I've been invited to get box seats at a, you know, an athletic event, and it's just awesome to be there and you're excited about it. And then sometimes you get an invite. I got one yesterday. Uh, if you're in my age category, you get invited to Biagi's a lot uh, for these retirement pitches and all this. Of course, you got to have money to go to these things, I guess, that they're trying to do. But, you know, I'm not saying you get excited about every invitation, but there's a lot of them that we really are. Well, this morning we're going to talk about an invitation that is almost too good to be true. It was an invitation that Jesus gave while he was speaking to kids. He was speaking to teens. He was speaking to adults, middle-aged, young adults, older adults, and all the way through the spectrum. And you can imagine what it sounded like when he shared this incredible invitation. But let me just read it right out of Matthew Matthew 11, some of you might have a device, a phone, something easy to look at this, but Jesus is out preaching, and at that time Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things 
have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Well, as you hear these words, you get the sense of the invitation. But before we even get to the invitation, Jesus gives this curious claim. A claim that probably could be simply stated, as he does here, all things have been handed over to me. All things have been handed over to Jesus by his Father. And when he says all things, what he's talking about is that he knows God, he knows the Creator, that's how he describes him here, is the one who is Lord of heaven and earth. He stands over everything. He says, I know that one, and he is the one who says, I will show you how to live. What an amazing thought that this one Jesus says, I will show you how to live. When we read these words and we think about these words, we ask the question, well, who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus that is saying these things? When we talk about Jesus and we read about Jesus in the Gospels for 2,000 years, People have been looking at that simple question. One simple way to answer that is that Jesus came to show us what it was like to be fully human. He wanted to show us what it was like or what it would be like to be a full man. He would show us what it would be like to be fully woman. He would show us what it would be like to do all that we want in our souls, the way God made us. He also wanted to demonstrate some of the ideals of life. So he came and he lived this perfect life. And so when we ask this question, who is this Jesus? This is the one that came and did all of these things. And if I could just be brutally honest just for a moment. I'm tired. I'm tired of all the people that say, I'll tell you how to live. I'll tell you what you got to do. And there's a whole host of people out there, and and they deliver their goods in books. They make videos. They've got podcasts. And they've all got great things to say. But I'm just tired of chasing the next thing. And so when Jesus gets out here and he says, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll show you how to do it. I, I want someone like that. I want someone to say, I, I know what it's like to live. I know what it's like to be persecuted. I know what it's like to be stressed and strained in the things of this world. I know. And I'll show you how to live. 
So as he makes this claim, he then moves into this strange set of directions. He says there's things that are hidden and there's things that are revealed. Now, when he says there's things that are hidden, he's talking about people that are on their own pedestal. They're on their own platform. Look look how he describes them. He says they're hidden. They're hidden from people that are wise and full of their own understanding. A lot of people are standing on their pedestal. They're standing on their own place. And Jesus says, you won't hear what I've got to say next. You're going to miss it unless unless you become like children and step off the pedestal. Unless you get off that platform, get off the platitudes. And we know what that's like, don't we? We all know people. They've got all the answers to everything. They've always got something they want to tell you, something they want to say. And Jesus makes it really clear. I'm going to reveal the things about life to little children. People that are innocent. People that haven't been indoctrinated by all the crazy things of this world. People that are off their pedestal and say, I'm ready to receive. So as you're listening to this Jesus in this big crowd, whether you were a child out there or a teen or a young adult or middle age or wherever you are, Jesus is now saying, where do you stand? Do you stand on, on this platform, this pedestal? Or will you step down and will you be ready to listen? Because that's where Jesus then goes. I remember, like a lot of teens, I was just like everyone else. I grew up in this home and mom and dad were present. But as a teen, I thought, my dad is so out of touch. My dad doesn't know what it's like to live today. I got a little bit older and I learned something. (laughs) He knew a lot more than I ever imagined. Mark Twain said it this way, When I was a boy of 14, my father was ignorant. I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much the old man had learned in seven years. (laughs) Well, Jesus is that one who wants to speak into our lives. He's the one that gives us this invitation. So after he makes this curious claim that his father had handed all things over to him, that he knew the way to find life, and he knew the way of how to live, he then extends the invitation. It's an open invitation. It's a very friendly invitation, isn't it? He says, come to me. He says, come. And there's this wide open invitation as you read these words. And then he he goes a little bit further and he says, all who are laboring, all who are heavy laden, 
I thought, boy, that just describes so much of what we've just heard for the last 20 minutes, right? People that have carried burdens and heartaches. This word that Jesus uses, it it burdens and, and heavy laden. He's talking about a whole range of feelings and thoughts and attitudes. You you could fill them up. Burdens of anxieties, burdens of fear. I wrote down burdens of temptations, the burden of responsibility. What mom here today doesn't feel the burden of trying to raise their children? What dad here doesn't feel some of these same burdens and moms and dads working? And you you feel the stress of it. And Jesus is speaking right into this. And he's saying, I'm going to show you how to live in the midst of all these burdens. He's speaking to people that are lonely. He's speaking to people that have failed, people that have dropped off into the ditches. And he's saying, come to me. I'll get you out of the ditch. I'll show you how to walk the path. I'll pull you along. All of this is in this incredibly open and friendly invitation. If I ask the question, who is this Jesus? Another question people ask is, why? Why did so many people follow Jesus? You know who I'm talking about? Community leaders. Read the Gospels and these community leaders start following Jesus. People that were in the elite class of money were following Jesus. Women were following Jesus. Women of the street were following Jesus. Men were following Jesus. Children were following Jesus. All these people are following Jesus. You ask yourself, why? Why did Jesus get such a following? Well, if we come back to the platform, the one who has a rightful place to be on the platform What did he do? He stepped down from the platform. That's someone we can connect with. Now, a lot of people we connect with, and we connect with people at the thought level. We start engaging in what we think about politics or COVID, or we think about what we want in this country And we all have these ideas. But if you're with someone that you trust a little bit more, you go a little deeper, don't you? And you start sharing maybe your opinions, where it feels safe enough to say, here's what I really think about this. But there's another level. It's a level that Jesus took when he got off the platform and he made eye contact and he said tell me how you're feeling aren't those the people you want to be with the people that connect with you at the deepest soul level the people that care about what's going on in your heart People that care about how you're making it through life. 
And that's where Jesus went. That's why people followed him. Here was the guy for the first time saying, I will show you all things have been handed over to me by my father. I will show you what real life is. Real, authentic, genuine life. And I'll show you how to walk into it. So there's the invitation. Come to me. Now, do I need to convince you that this is where Jesus went? A couple stories maybe just suffice, right? You read the Gospels. And there's a woman who's just crushed by life circumstances. She said, oh, if I could just get to Jesus. She was this one following. She grabs his cloak. And as Luke describes the story, so vivid as Jesus listens to her heart. Or you think of someone like the religious leader coming to Jesus at night. Don't a lot of deep, heavy, important conversations take place at night? When you can be alone in the quiet of the evening and Nicodemus comes to Jesus. There was a lot on the line. Jesus connects with them soul to soul. I can follow someone like that. I can follow someone who gets off their high horse or their pedestal like Jesus did. He condescended to meet me and you right where you are. And he says, come to me. Aren't you tired of trying to figure life out? Aren't you tired of trying to make things happen? Aren't you tired of going after all these big toys the world says you got to have? Aren't you weary of all these messages that are bombarding you? And then he says, I will give you rest. talking about something that the world doesn't really know. He's talking about something that is deep internal soul work where you're at peace with who you are. You're at peace with what you have. You're at peace with what's going on in the world. You're at peace with what's happening in your family. You're at peace. You're at peace. That's what Jesus is inviting us into. And he says, come to me. Come to me. When you think about Jesus, think about Jesus going to his friend's funeral. What did he do there? He connected with people and he wept with his friends. Notice the feeling that Jesus displays. He wasn't ashamed. He wasn't embarrassed. He connected with his friends. And we can just repeat story after story. He then describes himself. He says, I'm gentle and I'm lowly. That's the picture of him stepping down. 
It's a picture of him stepping down and stepping into your life. And he's stepping into our lives right now. And he's saying, come to me. Learn from me. That's what it means to take a yoke. He's saying, I will show you how to live. And we hear how people want these ideals. And maybe you're like me and you're tired of the ideals. You know, part of the reason I'm tired of ideals, I don't measure up. I just don't measure up. There's always someone bigger. There's always someone stronger. There's always someone wealthier. There's always someone brighter. There's always someone above. And the beauty of Jesus' invitation, whether you're a mom that feels like you'll never measure up, a dad that feels like you just can't make it, a single that says, what in the world's going on, and you just push your way through life, or maybe you're a teen, and the wind is blowing, and everything is confusing, and you can't make sense of what direction to go, Jesus gets it, and he says, come to me. I'm gentle. I'm not going to blast you. I know what it's like in this world. I know what's going on in your souls. Come to me. The amazing thing about this invitation is that it's to people that are far from God, people that have been on the fringes, and it's people that have been near to God that are struggling and all of us are in this journey together and that's why it's a wide open friendly invitation come to me come to me so as i just close up this morning i want to extend that invitation maybe you've tried to make life work on your terms maybe you found some voice out there and and you're working their system but you're not measuring up Maybe you've never had a place to go with the deepest stuff in your life. Your sin, your guilt, your shame. You're so embarrassed you can't even talk about it. Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. And he demonstrated his gentleness and his lowliness because when he got off that pedestal and he condescended, he went all the way to the cross and he let people hang him on a cross though he was sinless. And on that cross, he's whispering those words, come to me, I will forgive all your sins. I will cleanse you. I will wash away all the guilt and I will give you a life that this world would only dream of. Maybe you've drifted a little bit Jesus says, come to me. Maybe it's been confusing and Jesus is saying, come back to me. There's that invitation. Come back. Come back. He's got a place for you. He's got a work for you. And he wants you to know that you are deeply and profoundly loved by him. There is nothing you can do there is nothing you could have done that would be a high enough wall that could block him out. 
He's saying, come to me. And maybe you're the person that says, hey, I've been coming. I just want to caution you. I just want to caution you. Make sure that you're not stepping up on a pedestal. If you're not walking in humility, if you're not walking on common ground with the God-man, you're in a dangerous place. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to invite you right now. If you've never invited Jesus Christ into your life, let me say it a little differently. If you've never accepted his invitation, today's the day to say, Jesus, I want that. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I have moved against your solution to life in your ways. And he says, come to me. Maybe you've drifted. Jesus says, come to me. Just make that prayer your own. It's not my prayer. It's your prayer. And your father hears you. And he invites you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you that you sent your son, Jesus, your one and only son, to come and live amongst us. You handed all things over to him to show us where to find real life and how to live that real, authentic, genuine life. Thank you for making us alive, making us more alive than we could ever imagine because of the work of Jesus Christ. And now, Father, for any woman, any man, any student, any child that has never trusted you, Move them, stir them to say, Jesus, I need you to be my Savior. Open that door. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with us? We're going to close this morning singing that we have new life in Jesus Christ. His spirit is alive within us. Let's celebrate.
done. We're going to hang out, but I got a couple really important announcements, so everybody stay tuned. This is what's going to happen. All right, if you turn behind you, there's a there's a door, a couple doors on that far left-hand side back there by uh, where the little kids' toy house is in the fence. That is going to be a one-direction uh, one line to the food. So one-way traffic will go through there to get the food in the multi-purpose room. And let me just say, if maybe you think you're going to take a little bit more time to get your food, we ask that you would go first, right? And so if you're going to take a little bit longer to get the food, go ahead and you can be the first ones in line. And then if you have kids in Journeyland, the door directly behind all of our tech equipment is there's a hallway there that you can go pick up your kids. We just don't want to uh, get too much traffic going in uh, to that food line. Also, just so you know, we're going to have uh, tables under here in this tent and there's already some tables set up in a tent right behind here that you can eat at. We're going to have some inflatables. There's a petting zoo that's under the main awning as you come in in front of our worship center. 
for shade. So I'm really excited to take my son to the petting zoo. So that is already open. So the last thing I have for you all this morning is if you can move your chair, we're going to bring some tables in here and set up some seating for dinner. So we're going to do that all together. And as we continue to hang out, let's remember that Jesus changes everything. <laughs>